What's going on, y'all? And welcome back to your favorite health, fitness, and lifestyle listening experience, the Living Unlimited podcast. My co-host Peyton and I mixed it up a bit on today's episode and talked about a special theme that's near and dear to our hearts, muscle building. We go over the top 10 exercises you should be doing if your fitness goals include building lean muscle mass. This is a great episode for both the guys and the gals, so we hope you all enjoy. We break down the top 10 exercises that you should be doing in your exercise program, and we discuss the specific benefits of each lift, so don't miss this episode. We deeply appreciate you listening, and without further ado, here's today's show. Sad day in the hip-hop community. Oh, we are. We are live. Let's go. Yep. We're definitely live. Let's do this. But you interrupted my bad news, though. Sad day in the hip-hop community. Young Dolph just passed away today. Crazy. I feel like people be dying left and right in the hip-hop community as of late. I feel like, Mm -hmm. did this happen like back in the 90s and early 2000s? Would rappers just be like, just dying left and right like they do nowadays? I, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like you hear about like Tupac and Biggie. That's what I'm saying. But, but you don't really hear too that, much. I mean, yeah, but that's just, I mean, that's too. I don't know if like, because, you know, I, I don't know if, um, like, and first off, RIP, Young Dolph, it's fucking sad. Pretty sure he was doing, like, I'm just basing this off of the Instagrams I've seen so far. Apparently, he was doing something um, for the community that he's from. Um, and that's where the incident took place. Could be wrong, but either way. It's sad as fuck. Dang, I think the most messed up part is that it, he was doing like a community event, yeah. you know, while it happened. Right. Well, that being said, to answer your question, I don't know if, um, you know, Young Dolph will go down with the same legacy in as far as hip hop that, you know, Tupac or Biggie did. So I guess I wonder where there are a lot of, you know, rappers that weren't necessarily on that mogul level. Mm-hmm. That were you know being shot and killed, and probably I mean think about where a lot of you know probably prominent rappers like come from, as far as like a lot of you know they're out of the mud stories. Like mm-hmm. when they do go back to those communities, like that poverty isn't gone. You know those people are still um, struggling, or those communities are still struggling. So I mean, I, my guess would be yeah, probably. There's probably still a lot of artists um, dying in the 90s. Yeah. Well, despite the bad news, as tragic as that is, um, today's episode, we actually, so we hit, let's see, what we, we, we had a good workout today, right? We hit, I mean, it was okay. We didn't really have much left. I was sore everywhere, so yeah, um, we did shoulders, a little bit of back. But we've been hitting it pretty hard. We've been hitting it hard. I feel like we're both in building phases i would say like we're both kind of i'm definitely not cutting I yeah, tell you yeah, that. yeah, the, yeah. W- the way i've been eating right right i for sure ain't cutting yet so yeah so we've been focusing on on hypertrophy basically bodybuilding for the most part you know we like to keep our training pretty balanced you know with incorporating athletic stuff and mobility and all that but right now as it stands we trying to make them gains yeah, it's winter season, spoke season. Exactly. So for today's episode, we're going to go over the top 10 exercises for 
muscle building, the most effective exercises you can do to put on the most amount of muscle possible. Whether you're, I have a feeling this episode is going to appeal more to the fellas out there, but this is a great episode for the ladies too. We got some great. Let them know. Uh, no, it for real though, for real. Because I feel like I, I feel like when when ladies hear muscle building, it kind of turns them off a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't like the word build or like bulk, especially if you yeah. tell a lady that if you like if you tell one of your female clients that you're gonna put on a bulk, right. they freak out. So, um, just to be clear, there's no really such thing as toning. When we're when ladies are talking about the that's word, that's the first thing I thought of too. Yeah, when ladies are thinking about getting toned, what they're actually talking about is building muscle and right. leaning out, right? The combination yeah, they're just of about both, right? The combination of those two things. So in order to do that, you got to be doing the most effective exercises right. for the, building. The muscle, first thing so. I always say, like when I have a like, you know, if I have a potential client that I'm talking to, mm-hmm. and you know those buzzwords come up, like I don't think they're like bad words or anything like that. It's like there isn't. They definitely serve a purpose, but when a when a female potential client will say, you know, I don't want to get bulky, you know, and they're talking about kind of in reference to the uh, weightlifting, you know, yeah. we've been talking about what programming we might be doing. Yep. And the first thing I always say is, you know, well, if if it was that easy to get bulky, every guy, and I'll point around, I'll point around every yeah, guy yeah, in this yeah. gym would probably look pretty bulky, uh-huh. you know. So at the end of the day, toning really, yeah, just means probably gaining a little bit of muscle or at the very least maintaining muscle while losing um, body fat because then those muscles are going to show more yeah. and you are going to get more, you know, quote unquote toned. One of my go-to spiels for my female clients is if you ever wake up one day and you look in the mirror and you're just jacked out of nowhere, you yeah. just wake up and you're just bulky, let me know and we'll adjust something. But yeah, it's yeah. never, ever, ever going to happen overnight. And... If you get to that point where you're like, okay, shit, maybe I'm building a little bit too much muscle here, then you can always taper it down. But you're not going to wake up one day and just be jacked all of a sudden. Well, plus, if if in a lot of those situations, the this potential client is saying that they want to get toned, so they do want to look muscular, they don't want to be big, though. If they got to the point where they look too, you know, quote-unquote, bulky to themselves, well, muscle helps you burn fat. So at that mm-hmm. point, you would just put more energy into, you know, fat burning activity yeah. and the muscle would only help aid that process. Exactly. Whether yeah. if you start, you know, obviously eating into that muscle by doing a lot of cardio or long form cardio, but um, that would be a, a good problem to have. I think if you have too much muscle, muscle mm-hmm. is good for you. It's a good thing. Yeah, It's very good for you, at least physically um, and probably in a lot of ways, like emotionally in the sense of um, hormones and stuff like that. Yeah, hormones, psychologically, you know, confidence-wise. There's a lot of things. But, right. you know, I think we addressed the ladies. We, we we covered that. We got that out of the way. Now for my... Biggest disclaimer ever. ever. Exactly. For the fellas out there, though, these are the lifts you need to be doing. If you're yeah. not building muscle, these are the lifts you need to be doing. For Pull the hard blank. gainers out there. For the hard gainers, yeah. for the skinny dudes, you know, people trying to build their metabolism. These are the ones. Our top 10 exercises, why don't you go ahead and kick it off, P? What's the first one? Um, I mean, I feel like the first one, um, always going to be pretty self-explanatory, and that's deadlift. Yeah. The first, like, four of these are, like, if you ask any fitness professional, the first, like, four that we're going to go over, I I guess, well, actually, never mind. I take that back, because these aren't in any particular order. But there's about four or five on these that 
that if you ask any person that knows that has their wits end in, you know, fitness and health, they'll tell you these exercises. So it's not like these are a whole bunch of new, like unconventional exercises. These are the ones that have withstood the test of time. Like they are tried and true. They always work. Um, but we'll go through like a little bit about like what we like about each exercise as we talk about it. So Peyton kicked it off. He said the deadlift, mm-hmm. right? So what do you like about the deadlift? I mean, I think in general, people are very internally rotated, right? A lot of us, um, because of this new age of technology, have some type of phone neck or are sitting a lot on the computer, just leaning forward in general, whether that's, you know, um, the things I just mentioned or even driving or just general posture. I think gravity is obviously pulling all of us slowly into the ground, Mm -hmm. which is why you see that, you know, elderly woman, you know, moving very slowly down the street, holding her back, leaning mm. forward, you know, bent knees. That classic posture, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think the deadlift is, you know, a full body movement. It's a compound movement. It's very functional. Um, and so for the combination of those things, I think you um, maximize the opportunity to build muscle. Yeah, I think there's a lot a lot of many more directions we could go with this deadlift thing because 100%. the deadlift is, is so universal that it should be in virtually every single person's program or if you can't do deadlifts for whatever reason if your back is messed up or you got a a pre-existing injury like you should always be working your way towards being able to deadlift like doing the mobility like figuring out what your where your injuries are fixing those you know corrective exercise all that stuff to get to the point where you can go back and do a deadlift but like Peyton was saying it's just there's a lot of it's a huge movement for the whole posterior chain, you know? So we're talking hamstrings, glutes, low back, lower, mid traps, like upper traps, shoulders, like everything. Like you're hitting everything, but specifically everything on the back of the body, which is uh, great for posture, um, you know, great for aesthetic development, you know, great for a lot of different things. So, and then also the functional aspect too, like, yeah, these are all muscle building exercises, top 10 muscle building, but anytime you bend over to pick something up, a deadlift is essentially how you should be doing it. Right. Right. And when people injure themselves is when they're, they're helping their homie move and they go down to pick up a box and they do it in, uh, you know, a a non-efficient way and they end up jacking themselves up. So go down to tie the shoe. Exactly. Put the golf ball on the tee. Yeah. You know, straight up. So number two, we got the barbell squat. So yeah, to, to, to specify, by the way, if you can like the deadlift, there's so many different ways to do the deadlift. Like you can do it with dumbbells. You can do it with, uh, you know, a lot of different pieces of equipment, but we're specifically talking probably about the barbell deadlift, right? you know, the barbell deadlift. So going into the next one, same, same idea. So we're talking about barbell squats, barbell squats. So this is going to be hands down the most effective lower body exercise that you could possibly be doing. Um, you know, we're talking overall glute, quad, hamstring development. If you're getting in into a super deep astagrass squat, you're even going to be activating those calves a little bit too down there towards the bottom. Yeah, so true. you're getting every angle, every head of every muscle um, of the lower body. So what do you think about the squat? Yeah, I mean, also very functional, something that 
would do a lot in our life, right? Sitting up, stand, you know, or sitting up, sitting down, standing mm-hmm. up. It's functional. I think, like you said, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but we're probably most specifically talking about the barbell squat because of the amount of load that you can right. um, obviously put onto your body or onto the movement. Um, and this is top 10 muscle building, right? So if mm-hmm. this was top 10 mobility exercises, it probably wouldn't be a barbell squat. It'd probably be um, something else or who knows where the conversation would go. But in, in the vein of muscle building, barbell squat could be a front squat. We didn't specify that. I think it's going to be easier to lift more weight in a back squat, mm-hmm. which I think for people that are trying to gain mass, like you probably want to lift um, a little bit heavier. But at the same time, like you can lift heavy, you know, on the front squat, you're just probably not going to do as much, but you're probably going to have better posture doing it, mm-hmm. which is probably the way to approach it. Um, now, for me, I remember, I guess I never really had this problem because I always squatted because of football and like athletics and stuff. But somewhere out there, actually not even somewhere out there, there's a lot of people like this, a lot of young dudes out there who are like dreadfully avoiding the squat because they're not good at it. It's uncomfortable. It's exhausting. Like a whole bunch, a whole list of reasons why they don't want to be doing the squat. So mm-hmm. what they'll do instead on their leg day is they'll go leg press. They'll hack squat. They'll leg leg extension, leg curl, uh, lunges. They'll do all these exercises, right? But to give you an idea of how effective the squat actually is, you could probably take the top other like. Three or four leg exercises and combine them, and they still wouldn't be as effective as nice deep range of motion, heavily loaded barbell squats. Yeah, and I think for that specific example too, I mean, you're bringing up like younger individuals, people that are probably like participating in sports or things that are more. I would say people probably who are not participating, because if for me, like that was my reason why I did squat is because of football and being an athlete growing up. You know, but yeah, no, true. But people that are avoid, like you're saying, people that are avoiding it, right? They're missing out on a lot of those benefits. Plus, I just think when you're doing things that are mainly, I guess, like you know, fixed ranges of um, motion, right, or like a fixed plane as far as a machine goes, you're not getting those stabilizer muscles involved. It's not extremely functional, mm-hmm. and I think you're setting yourself up for an injury. Yeah, because you're you're yeah. you're. You're putting weight into, it's not even like incorrect movement pattern because you could even go that far because I'm not saying that this person is doing them incorrectly, but if you're only working on uh, movement patterns that are on a fixed plane Mm -hmm. or a fixed track, then you're strengthening in movements that aren't really your own. And I think then if you strengthen those, you could... um, you know, make the injury or, you know, make the compensation or imbalance even worse. You're kind of digging a deeper hole. 100%. So um, I think that's a huge thing as far as mobility. Couldn't agree more. Um, Moving on. Next one. uh, This is another leg exercise. Incredibly, incredibly effective for building muscle, especially for me. I've noticed in the quads. So this one is the Bulgarian split squat. Number three on our list. The Bulgarian split squat. Now, I'm sure people, so if, you've, if you're if you into health and fitness and if you've been into it for any amount of time, you're, you've probably heard of the Bulgarian split squat. Um, I know for me, I avoided them like the plague for a long <laughs> ass time because they suck. They're incredibly fatiguing. Like they burn 
you got to have a good range of motion, like mm-hmm. good mobility, good flexibility. But if you if you do them and you do them consistently, like that's typically when I see my best leg development. I'm on a phase right now where I'm doing Bulgarian split squats. So I just mm-hmm. added those in uh, two times a week and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So Bulgarian split squats. Um, yeah, I think all the like this one's another one that's pretty, I would say, pretty functional in the in the vein that it's a single leg movement. So, you know, that would be the main difference between this and a squat is that you're getting to move each each leg unilaterally. So if you have any imbalances from left to right, you get a chance to address those. Um, and then you get those like stabilizer muscles coming from the adductors and abductors that you don't get quite as much from a traditional uh, traditional squat. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they do suck. Mm-hmm. But good combination of mobility and strength and hypertrophy all into one. Yep. And yeah, like you said, unilateral. So that's key. Yeah. And then you could do those with, you can load that with dumbbells or I guess you could do barbell or you could do a front loaded Bulgarian split squat. Um, I think for like probably convenience, probably dumbbells are your best option. Um, Another way I like to do them, it would be like a, um, you know, like contralateral with one kettlebell. So like off balance, you just got one weight in, on one side. That's another good one for stability. Um, but yeah, super, super effective movement, super neglected movement mm-hmm. for leg development, which brings us to the next one, which is number four, which is the Romanian deadlift. So we probably should have talked about this when we talked about the regular deadlift because they're very similar, but... They are, yeah, they're similar, but they are two different exercises in the fact that what muscle you're really emphasizing, I would say. Right. I mean, just obviously um, the RDL or straight leg deadlift, less flexion mm-hmm. of the leg, um, more hinge at the waist, uh, more hamstring dominant. Yeah. Um, excellent for development of the posterior chain, which... Just like we talked about with the deadlift, um, most people are compensating with the front side of their body. So mm-hmm. strengthening the back side, important, very important. Yeah, I think the RDL is probably one of the best hamstring builders. If you have good, like we were talking about this earlier before we started the show, but if you have good mind-muscle connection to your hamstrings, mm-hmm. I guess that would be the prerequisite to, to the RDL. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to be struggling to build good hamstrings from it. But when you do have that connection, it's probably one of the best hamstring builders you could do. Um, so I like it for that, for that reason. Uh, moving on to the next one, we got the upper body. We're moving a lot of the ones we started off with. Actually, all of them we started with are lower body movements. No particular order. Yeah, just, yeah, I think we just, I think both of those, like deadlift and squat are for sure the first two that pop into my mind. And really the RDL and the split squat are just variations of those two major movements. So I think we kind of got into upper body after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that, that leads us to the bench press. So this is number five on our list, the bench press. Uh, yeah, they call the bench press the squat of the upper body. They call it the squat of the upper body. Uh, pretty much, I'm not really sure that there's a muscle that you're not 
using in the upper body when you do a proper bench press. Like most people would immediately uh, will will know that they're hitting the chest, shoulders, and triceps, mm -hmm. right? Right. Push. But if we're in a good biomechanical position and everything is uh, stabilizing properly, and uh, you know you're squeezing in the right areas, you know you're working the back as well on yeah. a bench press. Oh, you need like good lat activation and. and you know, hopefully not overactive traps to mm -hmm. get the shoulder in the right place to to bench with like, you know, proper form or like, I guess, like efficient biomechanics, whatever fancy way you want to say it. But again, not in any particular order, because, you know, like I mentioned with the deadlift, like posterior chain, so important for everybody, um, especially people that suffer from like postural stuff. So, um, you know, uh, some of the other exercises we'll talk about upper body wise, um, as far as the posterior chain, it's not that it's more important, but it just sets, it sets the tone or sets up the other, um, uh, I guess movements for the front side of the anterior side of the body, right. which, you know, like it's definitely, it's definitely not more or less important, but I think it's more, um, uh, applicable in like modern day society to focus more on the posterior chain. Like I don't know what you know. We're we're go talking a lot about the posterior chain. We're talking we, you know this the, the exercises bench press, but Peyton's point is most people are overly rounded forward. So right. the the one thing you want to know about the bench press, like if you are a young dude in your early twenties or late teens, like we were those are the muscles you see in the mirror the ones that you do the when you muscles. when you hit the bench press so you're seeing your chest get swole you're seeing your shoulders and your triceps mm -hmm. and you're like okay let's go i'm going to keep doing the bench press but when you neglect that posture your chain you end up having this forward shoulder posture and you end up looking like you know uh you know the hunchback notre dame type thing right. so well but, and like you said like it's not, and the reason I really brought that up is because the bench press isn't just an exercise for that side of your body. Like if you're doing it properly. If you're doing it right. Yeah, it's the exactly. same thing with like a push-up. Like I remember, because I'm extremely guilty of everything we just talked about. Like mm -hmm. in my early 20s, like, you know, post-sports, right? Like I was very, very anterior dominant as far as the way that I was lifting. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this created a lot of the imbalances that I'm working on to this day. And bench press was definitely one that I didn't understand, you know, the mechanics of the movement. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, when I do push-ups, I get a great uh, pump in my chest, um, but I wasn't using my back whatsoever, even though it didn't look like I might be, you know, overly hunching. Like, it looked like I was doing the push-up correctly, mm -hmm. but just that mind-muscle connection... Uh, really wasn't there and that like development of really my lats wasn't yeah. there yeah. and when I started doing that now when I do push-ups I get just as much of a back pump from it as I do um, in my chest or at least similar so right. so that just brings us back to the point like the bench presses that's why they call it the squat of the upper body like you're really hitting everything but big emphasis on the chest right there you're working right. your pecs you know you're going to develop a nice full functional strong chest region and i gotta i got a good transition into this next one like with all that being said um this next movement is gonna really be probably the king of upper body movements when it comes to the posterior chain uh but for the reasons we talked about before that being that most people lack these types of muscles and are weak in their posterior chain um 
they might not actually be able to do as many as they think. That exercise is the pull-up. Mm. Um, a lot of people cannot do a lot of pull-ups correctly, even though they probably think that they can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and not only that, but kind of how you, what you were alluding to at the, when we talked about the previous exercises. Sometimes somebody will look like they're doing a pull up right, but mm. they're but the movement pattern and the areas that are actually firing mm. uh, in that exercise are not what's actually supposed to be firing. So mm. the pull up. So if you can do a, a solid chest up, shoulders back, scapulas depressed pull up with perfect position where you bring your chest up all the way to the bar, then the pull-up is one of the, is probably the most effective lat builder that you could be doing. Yeah. Um, hands down. 100%. But if you can't do that, then the wide grip uh, cable pull-down or, you know, machine pull-down, however right. you want to do it, yep. would probably be same the second movement. best. It's the same movement. Same movement You're just yeah. pulling, I mean, less stabilizers, right? Because, um, even though it's not a fixed range of motion because it's a cable, uh, your your body is no longer moving through space. You're mm -hmm. pulling the machine to you rather than yourself to the machine. Yep. Um, but with that being said, there's also assisted pull-ups. Yeah. So you could, um, you know, still be pulling yourself up to the uh, to the machine. But that does take away a lot of the free free uh, range of motion. It then becomes more on a fixed plane. Mm -hmm. um, or you could, another thing you could do is you could do the assisted pull-up with a super band. Yeah, that's so, what I do in so my So that room. would be another way that yeah, yeah. you're kind of, you're not taking away as much of that stabilization factor that you're talking about. 100%. That's probably my favorite exercise. Like, I don't know how often, like, and I guess it's really a mindset thing for me. I know you can definitely, like, attest to this. Like, weightlifting or we're working out, activity sports in some kind is like a requirement a certain amount of times a week um for myself you know like at least if i if i haven't done a certain amount i feel like i've been lazy mm -hmm. and i don't know how many times like i've gotten like a last minute workout in or squeezed a workout in with some super bands including the super band pull-ups and those things are a game changer plus you can do them right at home like i'm saying and it's something you probably need like yeah. most people like we've been talking about don't have good development in, in their posterior chain in their lats. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's primarily for the lats. Um, going into the next one, I think that this one is, people will argue that the overhead press, so this is number, I think we're on seven now. Um, mm -hmm. The overhead press is one that people will often argue that it, could be more effective than the bench press. So people will go back and forth, people in the fitness industry saying, what is the most effective upper body exercises? And the overhead press is one that's neglected. And I feel like I neglected it personally for a long time because it was my weakest mm. lift out of the, like, the big four that they would call it. So they call it the big four, which would be your squat, bench, um, deadlift, and overhead press, right? Yeah. Um, and so the overhead press, like, yes, it's a shoulder exercise, but if you do it like just just like the bench press, if you do it properly when you're like, so if you're doing a standard overhead barbell press, right, you've got your everything from your hips down is locked into place. You're squeezing your glutes, your feet are firmly planted into the ground, like your core is engaged, your chest is up, you have good thoracic extension, your, your shoulder blades are pulled back and depressed. 
you're squeezing your elbows tight and as you press up into that into that overhead press so there's so many different things that are uh so many moving parts that are going on in the overhead press so i think that in and of itself is a good argument for it you know it's it competes up there with the bench press in terms of overall size and uh, uh, muscle builders for the upper body yeah and i think because of everything you just said like how much is involved um it, it's hard for people to do correctly like i like i think until recently i didn't have the connection or um, the ability really to like do an overhead press correctly. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, it's so beneficial if you can, because if you're doing it correctly, your activation in your posterior chain, I mean, here it comes again, right? Mm-hmm. Is going to be good. And so you're going to be driving in a healthy pattern. Um, when we, the, you know, the last place that we worked, we won't name names, but the box gym that we worked at before, um, to their credit, this was... Um, spot on from them they didn't want you know us to to train our clients uh with any type of overhead press movements Mm -hmm. unless they could pass a strict mobility test to do it um they strongly advised us to not be programming it to people that can't do it because of um obviously the risk and i think that you know that's pretty common i don't think a lot of people understand like you know, if it's your beginning lifter, for example, your I mean, hard gainer, they don't, they're going for, for weight. They're mm-hmm. going for, you know, lifting as much as they can, right. but I don't un- think they're really, um, like acquainted with the nuances, right? Like, even though it looks like you're doing it right, like what is that mind muscle connection really? Mm-hmm. And I think like with the overhead what, press, that's what, key. what places are you bracing in your, in your shoulder blades? Like where are you holding the tension in your core to make sure that you're not overextending your back like there's a lot of things that have to a lot of prerequisite um like mind muscle connections that you have to have before you can really put all the pieces in into an effective overhead press but i mean even like me and you as fitness professionals like you know our our shoulder mobility is 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 really not that good either like it's it's pretty poor and when in and we're not even close to being the average person. So the average no, yeah, person, exactly. if you take that person and you try to have them do an overhead press effectively, there's a lot of things that they're pro- they might not have um, in place for them to, to really get the most benefit out of that. So yeah. you really want to make sure that you know your form is 110. percent And that's okay. Like I think like be like working with yourself where you're at is what it's all about. Like mm-hmm. with, it's kind of like with yoga. It's a practice. Like. It, it like you can't beat yourself up about you know where you're at. You just got to continue to work towards it. And with that being said, all of you know these exercises that we're going through, if you can't do it correctly, there's a regression yeah. that you should be doing to build your way up until doing you know the full movement um, and the overhead press. Right, if you can't do a correct overhead press, and you know the total regression might be. Right, like the wall press up against the wall, right? Yeah. Or some type of, you know, um, dowel mechanism or whatever it is to test your shoulder mobility or strengthen your shoulder mobility. Um, you know, those are, those are things that are options, right? So even us, we do this for a living. Like we train people for a living. Like our overhead press isn't where it will be, should be, whatever word you want to use. Um, but that's okay. There's other ways to go about it. Um, Factual. Cause it's probably not, it's probably going to be hard for somebody that if they, if you're just learning what this exercise is right now, then you probably haven't done it enough 
you know, to do it, um, you know, perfectly. And so there's work there to be done. Yeah. It leads us into number eight. And our last three uh, exercises actually are all different row variations. So um, rowing, very, very important movement pattern when it comes to building muscle. And the first one is a barbell row, a barbell row. So um, this one is special because you act. So we've been talking about like prerequisites and stuff like that for movements. But this movement particularly, like in order to do an effective barbell row, you have to be able to do an effective RDL, right? Or an effective hinge. So that is the is the primary thing. You got to be able to get yourself into that you know, 30, 45 degree angle of hip hinge and hold that with good core core stability and good biomechanics, good posture and everything as you go into that row. But once you get there and once you can do that, the barbell row is another one of the best upper body builders you could possibly be doing for the lats and, uh, you know, the rhomboids, the middle, uh, lower traps, uh, basically everything in the back, you know, rear delts even to some extent. So barbell row, and then that's the one that you can load the heaviest. So that's probably the most out of any of the back exercises that we'll talk about um, or that we have talked about. This is the one that you can the load the heaviest. So that's where the real benefit will come from the barbell row, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I think, yeah, you can definitely load a lot of weight. I think the only thing that pops into my mind that um, goes against that is just that because it's more free weight than maybe like a seated row, mm-hmm. um, there's more stabilizers involved, which might make it harder to do it correctly yeah. if you're doing a lot of weight. But, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, I think there is some merit to um, being able to row um, a lot of weight, even if it's not um, the most technical of mm-hmm. form yeah, but i think yeah. i think again like with that being said like to anybody that's like well perfect form of everything that's kind of how i am mm-hmm. but i think like if your goals are you know aligned with something a little different than what somebody who wants to have perfect perfect form all the time might have i think there's a purpose for it yep. so yeah you can definitely get a lot of like mass and size exactly out of, uh, out of the row exactly which leads us into our next type of a row which would be the, and actually I'm going to skip down to the uh, last one we had on the list. And we had actually put seated row. So I think for the the reason that Peyton put, or the, that Peyton had just said, is that you you get to, you don't have to focus. So, so for the negative reasons of some of the other exercise we talked about, this one, you're in a, a, a more stable environment and you're relying less on like the stabilizer muscles. Um, and there's a lot less moving pieces, so you can really isolate that back movement. But as we were going through this episode, I actually think that we should replace that one with a dumbbell row, like a single arm, unilateral, a unilateral single arm dumbbell row, I think would be in terms of muscle building. They're two really great exercises for, right. for, for the, uh, the back in general, you know. But I think if you wanted to go with either one of those, we had picked the seated row, but I think a single arm unilateral dumbbell row is a, is a good one. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I probably, I mean, I do it more yeah. than I do the seated row. I do dumbbell row more. Was that 10 or was that 9? This is 9. I skipped, I skipped the, the one, the one we're going to get to after this. I got you. Is that, that's 10 though? Yep. 
the extra dot is just an extra dot. Yeah. Okay, so what's we, the, we almost we almost made it. So do the honors. So I'll I'll lead us into the last one, which is another type of a row. This one is a little bit more. Uh, some people might call it risky or you know injury prone, but I love this exercise and it's the upright row. So this was one of my favorite ones for the delts, specifically the lateral head of the delt, um, the upright row. Now, the main thing that people will run into on the upright row is sometimes they'll get some some impingement in the shoulder as they lift their elbows up. And I think if you're doing all these other exercises properly and you're getting good, specific, uh, actually specifically on the for this one, if you're doing your seated rows and or your dumbbell rows right and you have good scapular retraction, then you should be able to do an upright row without too many too many problems. Mm-hmm. So, you know, an upright row where you have a barbell or an easy bar and you're literally pulling it up towards your collarbone, like almost right underneath your chin with your elbows higher than your wrists and if you can do that properly like you're gonna blast the shit out of your lateral uh lateral shoulders so yeah i love that one and you're also getting some traps in there too you're getting some traps in the way that you're curling the arm as you you're you're bending at the elbow as you bring the bar up to your to your collarbone you're actually getting a little bit of biceps in there too so big uh big upper body builder right there yeah i don't do them a lot uh for just those reasons of shoulder mobility. Um, I like to throw them in there every once in a while, but definitely again, uh, great like compound movement of the upper body involving a lot of different things. So if you're trying to get swole, yep. throw that one in there. Straight up. So that's it, y'all. That was uh, 10 exercises, 10 of the most effective exercises for building muscle, for making them gains. So... Hope you guys found some value out of that. Uh, those are, I mean, like, you know, like we were saying earlier, those are really, there's nothing, nothing really unique or spectacular about those exercises. They're pretty much the basics, mm-hmm. but they're going to get the job done. So if you want to get the job done, you better be doing these ones. If it ain't broke, so fix it. Exactly. But with that being said, um, you know, we're, we're rolling out our online coaching services. So if you don't want to have to think about all this and you want somebody to do it for you and program all your workouts and help you with your nutrition and give you habits and goals daily to hit whatever goal it is you might be hitting. You know, we specialize in muscle building and fat loss. And, you know, I mean, I think we have, we serve a, a pretty wide variety of clients, um, as it stands so whatever your goals are let us know and we will hook it up that's right yeah whatever you need we got it we could train anybody i could train the alien (laughs) (laughs) you could train an alien et we're ready we're ready training et 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 needs some biceps yeah he does he's and he's kind of got a belly he's got the that that little alien pooch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy we'll get him on alien pooch with some noodle arms that's that yeah that body type is not it bro (laughs) we need to get et some arms bro if you look like et fucking hit us up that's for sure so you can check us out. Uh, if you're interested in our online coaching, we can offer you a free trial for a limited period of time only. So don't mm-hmm. miss this. Don't miss this opportunity. Go to our website. That's operationunlimited.com. 
And the very first thing you'll see on the screen is try out our 14 days of online coaching for free. Click that button into your info and you will automatically be given your 14 day free trial. So check that out. If you want to check us out on Instagram, that's Operation Unlimited. And if you want to check us out on our personal Instagrams, I'm at Bryce J. Gibson. Payton is at his first name. That's P-A-Y-D-Y-N. Your And without further ado, that is the conclusion of this show. We appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, peace. Peace.